to go back to throw the ball. Sets up, looks, throws toward the corner of the end zone. And he's intercepted! Intercepted! Welcome to another episode of the Duck Pod. I'm Austin Meek, Registered Guard Sports Columnist, joined by Ryan Thorburn. We're getting ready for Oregon's game at UCLA, and our guest this week is Keeley Smith, a great Oregon quarterback, went on to play in the NFL, and now works um, as a quarterback coach, uh, training some young up-and-coming quarterbacks. So, Keeley, thanks for joining us, and start off with tell people a little bit about what what you're doing right now oh thanks for having me i'm currently in california right now uh, with my beautiful wife and kids and i'm coaching my son's uh 10u football team (laughs) along with some other high school quarterbacks got some college quarterbacks and a couple quarterbacks that's uh getting ready to go to the nfl well keely that's uh, a great segue because uh i know you helped uh, mentor Braxton Burmeister, the uh, true freshman quarterback at Oregon, and now all of a sudden uh, he was a couple snaps away, and now he's the guy at Oregon. Uh, it's kind of a tough situation. I'm sure he was thinking possibly of redshirting this year, and now all of a sudden he's leading the team. Um, have you had a chance to talk to Braxton, and, and what have you thought about um, how he's doing so far? I have not talked to Braxton yet. I actually talked to his dad a lot more than him. I'm trying to give the young man some space as he matures and becomes a man in college, you know, and uh, it's not the ideal situation for Braxton right now. Obviously, um, he's got some things that he's got to work on. And to be honest with you, um, our fans and our Oregon family need to understand that we're extremely young out there on the football field. We have a lot of freshmen and sophomores and things of that nature out there playing. And some of the stuff that I'm seeing from our fans is just absolutely embarrassing with some of the things that they're saying. So, I tweeted something out a couple of days ago. We got to be patient as an Oregon family and let these youngsters go out there and uh, try to get better week to week. Yeah, well, that's that is sort of the you know, the age we live in now with with social media and um, people have have really high expectations and um, when when things don't go well, um, a lot of people are are quick to um, you know to point the finger or or to get upset. Um, when you look at at Braxton right now, and you you know his game, you, you know you you worked with him when he was in high school. Um, what's he going through right now? You know, it, to be sort of thrown into that as a true freshman, you know, is the game just going a hundred miles an hour? Um, is, you know, is he just trying to keep his head above water? What what do you think's going through his mind right now? Well, I definitely know that the speed of the game is an issue for him. You got to remember, Braxton played in D four D five ball. Uh, out here in San Diego, which is uh, a long way from D1 and open. So I'm sure he's not used to the speed that he's seeing out there on Saturdays. And then the other thing, too, is the linemen are a lot bigger. You know, our linemen are bigger at Oregon as opposed to what they were at La Jolla Country Day. And then the final variable to this whole deal is that, you know, our fans have to understand the position our coaches are in. If you go zone read or RPOs and now Braxton is running down the field getting hit and things of that nature – that leaves us with one healthy quarterback. So these are the type of things that coaches talk about 
And these are the type of things that our fans and some other people don't realize from a coaching perspective. Uh, Akili, uh, Willie Taggart at his press conference today said his message to Braxton this week is just have fun, calm down a little bit, and um, don't put the game on your shoulders. We have other guys who can help you win the game. Um, You know, I know quarterbacks hate that game manager label, but is that kind of what he needs to do, just play to your strength, um, try not to turn the ball over, and, and let Royce and those guys help you a little bit more? That's exactly it. We've got to be able to run the football. We've got to be able to get timely stops, and we need some big plays in the special uh, special teams category. A big kickoff return, a big punt return. We need all three phases in order to go to UCLA and uh, get this victory. Going back to when Oregon was recruiting Braxton, if I remember right, he was committed to Arizona, and then uh, Willie Taggart came in and was able to flip him to Oregon. Um, I, I don't know how closely you were talking with him during his recruiting process, but it, what do you think it was that um, that sold him on Oregon, and what was sort of your impression of, of the recruiting approach now with Willie Taggart? Well, in the beginning of his young career, when Braxton was a freshman, he wanted the Oregon offer um, at that time, and he did not get it. And as soon as Taggart came in, he finally got the offer. That was his dream school. And, uh, you know, now he's out there right now trying to get acclimated with everything, the speed of the game, going through the rigorous Pac-12 schedule and, uh, you know, get better out there when he gets an opportunity. Um, As far as Coach Taggart is is concerned, you know, I've already seen stuff with people talking about fire Taggart and bring Chip Kelly back. And I bet you guys wish Mark Helfrich was here. This, This stuff is absolutely ridiculous what's going on with the, with the way that they're treating Taggart and Burmeister. I mean, currently at this time, we have the number one recruiting class in the nation. Like, are you kidding me? When was the last time the University of Oregon had the number one recruiting class in the nation? You know, our fans and our family really needs to sit back, enjoy the process. These guys will be sophomores and juniors next year, bringing in a number one recruiting class. Trust me, things are headed in the right direction. Yeah, and to, to your point, I think things were going <laughs> pretty well, and then all of a sudden you lose your starting quarterback uh, yes. to a collarbone yeah. injury after that 4-1 and one start. I'm curious what you think of, of Justin Herbert's game, and also if you ever had a similar in- injury during your time in college or the NFL, and, and what's the timetable realistically to get back from that? Um, I've never had that injury, but uh, in my opinion, uh, Justin Herbert was on his way to being a uh, First-round draft pick, uh, I'm that high on the kid. He stands at 6'5", 6'6". He has great balance. He can make all the throws. He is the prototypical uh, NFL quarterback that uh, the NFL teams are looking for, and it's just very unfortunate that he had that injury. Uh, but he will be back healthy, and I guarantee you all these people that's talking bad about our program, they're going to have to eat those words here uh, in the next couple of years. Yeah. Well, Keely, I think you and I have talked about this before. Um, you, you're a little bit removed now from, from your NFL career. You had the experience of, of being a, a really high draft pick and, and not having your career work out you know, the way you had hoped when you got drafted. Have, have you sort of found peace with that? Has your, as you look back on your NFL career, have your feelings about it evolved? How do you feel about it now that you're kind of removed from your time in the NFL? Yeah, I've, I've definitely found peace because at the end of the day, um, like I tell a lot of people, I was guilty of my off-the-field shenanigans, you know, just partying too much in the off-season and uh, getting caught up in things of that nature, uh, chasing women and 
and going to Vegas and going to Aruba and Florida and all that old type of stuff that I shouldn't have been doing. So I'm at peace with that. I know that if I would have controlled that, I possibly could have had another opportunity like Carson Palmer uh, to go to a different team and try to resurrect my career. But at that time, uh, the bingo organization was just not doing good at all. So, I mean, for me and me looking back on it, if I would have went to number two to the Eagles and McNabb would have went to number three with the Bengals, everything would have been different, mm. you know. And the only thing that was in my control, in my opinion, is my off-the-field uh, shenanigans in the offseason. Achille, I'm curious on on your thoughts on so many young quarterbacks, and you mentor a lot of elite guys, they get to a place and then if they don't win the starting job, they transfer. Oregon had a couple of those guys this year, which um, obviously speaks to the lack of depth and forces a guy like Braxton to get thrown in there right away. Yeah. Uh, what, do, what do you think about that mindset? Are there just too many talented guys and not enough starting jobs, or should they stick around and, and let the best man win more often? I, I bet Travis is probably somewhere banging his head on the wall right now. <laughs> right. I, I, I wanted to put I wanted to put that in our organ group, but if I put that in our organ group, that opens up a whole another can of worms about the the quarterback position. But if Travis was there, if Terry was there, you know who knows? You know that's something we can't speak of, but we do know to be more experienced at the position. You know, just, so lesson learned. You know, sometimes you just got to sit and be patient. Right. You know, be patient. Your opportunity uh, definitely can come. Is that a different mindset than when you were coming up? I mean, you went to a, I know you went to a junior college first, but when you got to Oregon, I mean, you had to fight and scratch to prove that you were the guy, right? Yeah, I had to fight and scratch. I came in uh, as a JUCO guy. I had to battle Jason Moss, uh, A.J. Feely, and, uh, you know, eventually ended up winning the job. And me and Jason Moss ended up uh, splitting time my junior year, and then going into my senior year, I worked so hard because I didn't want to split time anymore. And that's the mindset that you have to have. You know, even if it's Travis was here, uh, obviously a lot of coaches don't allow a team, excuse me, allow players to lose their job behind injury. But say Travis comes in and he plays well. Or Terry had come in and he plays well. You know, that offseason coming up probably would be the com- most competitive offseason at the quarterback position between Justin and Travis or Justin and Terry that we have ever seen. Yeah. Well, going back to what you were saying a little bit ago about your NFL experience, um, that, that NFL lifestyle, you know, being prepared for that and, and maybe the, the temptation that can come with, with signing your first NFL contract and being part of that world, um, how, how much pressure is there um, for guys when, when they – when they come into the league and they're experiencing that for the first time, how much of it depends on the you know the organization you're in and having guys around you who can help you get on the right path, and how much of that plays into what you do now with young guys of you know preparing them for the the off field side of football along with just what they do on the field. Yeah, first things first, you hit on the nose is the organization, um, especially for a young quarterback. The organization's got to be in place, and then after that, you got to have great leadership. You've got to have great leadership on the team, guys that can grab the young quarterback or young receiver, lineman, whatever the case may be, sit him down, go to dinner, and talk about how they do things around here. You know, And we just didn't have that going uh, for us. When I had got to uh, Cincinnati, um, it was in disarray. Everybody was scratching their head trying to figure out how we can get it done. And, again, it didn't matter who went in there around that time. I don't think anybody would have had uh, success. 
uh, prior to Marvin Lewis coming aboard. Going full circle here, um, you know, Herbert is drinking a lot of milk, Taggart said. He's throwing the ball some, but he's not ready to play again right now. So uh, I know Braxton's a, a Southern California kid. Um, what do you think it's going to mean to him playing at the Rose Bowl and and is that something you were able to experience at Oregon, and what's that like? Yeah, it's going to be big. Uh, I remember playing against Kate McDowell and the boys. Uh, we had college game day there. The game went to overtime. We ended up losing to Kate and those guys uh, in the Rose Bowl. So it's a lot of emotions are going to be uh, running in Braxton Burmeister's uh, mind and heart. I'm sure his family is going to come up to the hotel and visit him, uh, things of that nature, and everybody's going to be in the stands. But he's just got to relax. You got to relax, put a simple game plan in there for him. Uh, maybe even uh, speed up the pace. You know, maybe ten to fifteen plays, speed up the pace, to where we can get uh, on the ball as quick as possible and snap it. You know, and go from there. Yeah, Akili, what's your um, what's your relationship now like with Oregon? I read a while back that you were um, working to finish up your degree. Were were you able to finish that? And do you get back to Eugene very often? Yeah, the last time I was back was. Um, when we played USC at home, I think LeBron and all those guys were at the game mm, yeah. um, to see a game. And then I went back to the uh, uh, recruiting party that Taggart had, introducing all of the recruits. Um, and I definitely plan on coming back, finishing my degree, and then looking to see if there's an intern job available, if there's a GA job available. Heck, I wouldn't mind working in the equipment room with all the stuff these kids got <laughs> these days. <laughs> and... Yeah, shoot. So I'm definitely working on coming back to finish my degree and then have a conversation with Taggart to see uh, how I can help the program. Yeah, cool. So you'd like to you'd like to get into college coaching then eventually? Oh yeah, that's that's definitely uh, in my plans. No question about that. Oh good, cool. Well, before we let you go, I, I'm just curious. I mean, Oregon's played Josh Allen. Um, you have Sam Darnold down there at USC, and now Oregon gets to play. Josh Rosen this weekend. What do you think about some of these young guys? And and it seems like you know, especially with Josh Allen, the the hype train just gets rolling, and it, it seems like there's a lot of pressure on these guys. What do you make of this class, which uh, the NFL seems to be really uh, drooling over? Yeah, it's a good uh, good group of kids um, coming up nowadays. Allen looks pretty good, mobile. Uh, Rosen is your you know pure uh, drop back passer. Sam Darnold can just do so much. Uh, with his legs and being able to move and create and things of that nature. I think that uh, the Pac-12 is definitely uh, back to putting out some good quarterbacks, and um, I think the Pac-12 will continue to do that. Well, Akili, it's great to catch up with you and great to see you doing well. Um, hope hope to see you back up here in Eugene at some point, and thanks for the time. All right, thanks a lot, and go Ducks.